I'm Stephen Bauman and welcome to another one of my podcasts. In this podcast, we discuss the importance of a horizon line. Now, oftentimes people misunderstand where the horizon line is placed in a painting, and they think it's where the sky meets the ground. That is not so. A horizon line is where your eye level line is in relationship to everything that you're looking at in a painting. So that if we're looking at a painting, the horizon line will be right where our eye level line is. Wherever that's placed in the painting, that's the relationship of the viewer to the rest of the scene. It's really crucial to understand that. And we want to place the horizon line somewhere within the middle of a painting. It's always been really confusing because we break the painting up into three separate areas, a foreground, middle ground, background, and we usually break that into the law of thirds. And then we usually try to place that horizon line somewhere in those thirds. But the reality is the horizon line is usually somewhere in the middle of the picture. Now we were told that we shouldn't put that horizon line always dead middle, so we may drop it down an inch or up an inch, but the horizon line is always somewhere within the middle of the picture. Very important fact. So sit back, listen in to one of my conversations with one of my students, and at the end, we discuss how to take an ordinary dull picture of blue bonnets and make it extraordinary. So sit back, relax to one of my other podcasts, and thank you for tuning in. The horizon line. Uh, do you know where a horizon line normally is in a painting? And you said it's it's like where the sky meets the trees or the sky meets the ground. Yes. Okay. Now, why did you say that? Well, because in real life, when you're looking, that would be the horizon line. Yeah, sometimes it will be, you know, like where the sky meets the ground. Yeah, like especially if you're looking at an ocean. So if you're standing on the beach looking at the ocean, usually your horizon line is where the sky meets the water. But if you're standing in an office, your horizon line would be in the relationship to the door. It would be like a foot and a half down about where your eyes are. That's where the horizon line is always. It's where your eyes are. So that's usually the pinpoint. And a lot of people, they go... But Stefan, the horizon line could be anywhere. And I go, no, it can't. It's got to be right where your eyes are. And it's so crucial. It is so crucial that it's one of my 12 steps. And so when I'm looking at this bull that you're painting, I'm looking at the bull and I'm kind of at the same level as the bull. Yes. Yeah, and I'm looking at your picture here. So and would that be the horizon line? If I were walking up to a bull, you know, bulls are quite high. My horse is almost, his back is at horizon line. I would say bulls are not that high. I would say that we're probably about a foot higher than a bull, depending on how tall you are. So if I'm standing in front of a bull, I'd have to feel like, where would I be if I walked up to him? Now, in the photograph that you're using, the guy's kneeling down because you could see the horizon line is down under his eyes. And that would be awfully low. For somebody to be standing there, you'd have to be a midget. Yes. Yeah. And so he's kneeling down, taking a photograph of the bull, which, you know, a lot of people do when they go out and they take pictures. The first thing they do, they kneel. And I always wondered, why do people do that? And I guess because you can get more foreground in, more sense of place. The, the problem, though, that is, is that it brings the horizon line way down and cuts all the stuff in between. So if I ask you where the horizon line is with this bull, it's actually about where the bull's um, probably a little bit uh, higher than probably where the top of the bull is, let's just say. Maybe a little bit higher, but somewhere around there would be 
the horizon line. Now we wouldn't want to have the horizon line even with the back of the bowl, but it would kind of be like that. So where we're kneeling down here, the, the horizon line's lower, the, the meadow's lower, so everything's kind of pushed together. Now the other picture that you're using uh, uh, for an example, we're actually up higher. Yes. We're, we're standing on, on a bluff, may we? And then we're kind of looking down at the meadow. And if we were looking down at the meadow, then we're looking way over the bowl. So we have that whole valley back there. But the problem is if we're looking down at the bowl, we would see more of its back. See, we'd see the top of his, uh, his, his body. We'd see the top okay. of his head you know, the back of his neck, we'd actually see all that. So a lot of people don't think that putting, you know, knowing where the horizon line is, it's, you know, is that important, but it's crucial. Your relationship to the picture is everything. And so if we're standing up, we'd be looking down on the, the back of the bull and we'd see a different perspective. We'd see more back, we'd see the, the back of his neck. We would see, um, you know, more of the back of his head. Uh, we'd see less of his stomach. With, you know, so that placement would be completely different. Um, if you put trees in there, we'd be looking up at some, we'd be looking at some of the branches of the trees right where they're the horizon line. But any trees that are any taller than the bullets, we'd actually be looking at the underneath part of the branches. And even as the tree gets higher, we'd be looking even more underneath of the branches. We could say that if we really looked up high enough, the tree was high enough, we wouldn't even see the side or the top. We'd see completely the bottom of the branch. And a lot of people, when they're painting landscapes like this, they don't realize that. A lot of times what happens to landscapes is that people mess up landscapes, not because they don't know how to paint them. They just don't know how to put the relationship of the horizon line in. And then they go, well, where does the horizon line go in a painting? Well, usually the horizon line is right at eye level, lined to where you are. Yeah, it's usually straight in the middle. So that's why we tend to always put the horizon line somewhere in the middle. But then our mom told us, when you take a picture, you should never have the horizon line in the middle. You have to go higher or lower. You could see I'm kind of feeling like I'm looking up a hill, that that meadow doesn't look flat. And now you could say, well, you know what, Stephen? I kind of like it kind of going uphill. We'll make it a little bit more slopey. And I'd go, okay, let's put in, make it look like it's coming down to that area and we'll put the trees in. But just as long as you know where the horizon line is, that's really what's important. Okay, so I'm going to need to make it look like the animal is kind of in a valley and everything else slopes up. Yeah. Okay. It's not going to change much. I mean, you can go ahead and do that. Um and kind of go with what you have. But you definitely just have to realize that, you know, when you raise the horizon line, if you're trying to do this flat Texan look, like a Texan field, then then that's just really flat with these big horns in it. That's really crucial where you have the horizon line. But if that doesn't bother you, all what I'm trying to do is, is have you avoid going, well, you know, Stefan, this just doesn't feel like a Texan field. Yeah, it feels like he's more in the hills. And I go, yeah, well, that's because your horizon lens is, is off. But as long as you kind of know that, then it's okay. Are you going to be painting all these blue bonnets that are here? Yes. 
Yeah, so in that case, it's kind of better that you do have an angle so that you could show us those fields of blue bonnets kind of going up. What does this call this? Of course, in Texas, it would be, you know, foothills. <laughs> It'd be like the foothills going up to the knoll because nothing's really hilly there. Um, but so you'd have kind of a, a little knoll going up and we'd see the flowers go up and there's some trees on top. So it would give us kind of a nice little rolling feeling to it. And I'm perfectly fine with it if that's what you intended. But if you're doing a bighorn and you're, you're saying, I want this to look like bighorn country farm plant, you know, we're not going to be able to get there. We'd have to lower the horizon line down to make that happen. But I just want you to kind of think about that whenever you draw something. Common mistake over and over and over again. I can't tell you. I look at paintings over and over again with wildlife. And if you're putting wildlife in a foreground, it's really crucial to know where the horizon line is because you can't have the horizon line too high. Because, hey, listen, you're in Texas and Texas do things in a big way. How big is this canvas? It is a 24 by 30. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is, from what I had, my, I have a lot of students that have painted blue bonnets and Texas scenes and stuff. And it's almost like an instant sell. You know, when, when you have this, have you, have you sold a lot of blue bonnet paintings yet? Um, just one at an auction, but I don't paint a lot because they're kind of boring, actually. <laughs> you know why they're boring? Well, there's no action or fun stuff in there. It's just flowers. Yeah, but you know, the thing is, imagine just, if you will, just close your eyes for a second and just imagine a field of blue bonnets just, just everywhere. Okay. Now imagine an incoming storm. And imagine the sky getting quite dark and, and billowy. And the landscape is getting kind of dark. And then you have a, a, an opening in the sky and, and the finger of God comes down and hits an area of blue bonnets and just goes, you know, just radiates out. Uh, somewhere just above his horns, you just have this beautiful purple carpet that is just lit up. And then everything's in transition into shadow. When you paint blue bonnets like that, like something is happening with the effect of light, it's not boring. In fact, what I would say is if you feel bored, that moment of boredom, that moment when you're painting, you're like, can't keep your eyes open. The problem with your painting is not, uh, is not your subject. It's not the fact that you're doing blue bonnets. The problem with your painting is that you're not working with lights and shadows. That's how crucial lights and shadows are. You absolutely have to have the effect of light in a painting to make it extraordinary. Otherwise, it is just a field of flowers. And I've seen, you, you just put up blue bonnet paintings in Google and you can see the cluster trash of garbage out yeah. there. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of painters out there that just paint just purple. It's like they take dioxide purple and they literally squeeze it onto their canvases. And they should all have their artistic license removed from them because that's not what painting is. Painting is always a story about lights and shadows. And the most boring picture in the world can turn extraordinary by just the effect of light. And you're starting to get that. With this bull, look at the light hitting the horn and the cast shadow on its body. I mean, do you need anything else? And that's going to be the main part of your painting. But then in the back, you're going to have this wonderful, glowing 
patch of light where blue bonnets are just going to glow in all of their glory and the rest of it fall into shadows, it will look like Rembrandt painted it. I mean, people will be clamoring for it. And if you start doing a lot of those, you'll be like the blue bonnet princes of Texas. Just go all out on it and play with it. Play with the lights. Just, you know. Okay. The last thing we need is another mediocre blue bonnet painting. Yeah, no, I don't want that. Painting <laughs> if I couldn't get it past that. No, no, no. That's it. It's no sense in doing. The world doesn't need any more paintings. There's enough paintings out there for for the rest of the eternity. As long as we live here, there's paintings and thrift shops that people can have. What we want to do is extraordinary paintings that people have to have. And those are our light stories. That's what we work on. So, uh, great start. Uh, good conversation about your horizon line. There you have it. Now you understand that it is very important to have a horizon line and establish that in a painting because everything else in that painting is in reference to that horizon line. If you want more information about my coaching classes, you can go to my website at www.stephenbowman.com and there you can get more information about my classes, my coaching, and also you can register for a free book, Everything You Need to Know About Painting. If you'd like to have more information about coaching, feel free to give me a call at 415-606-9074. Till the next time we meet on a podcast, keep on painting and have a good day.